welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics that are relevant to women today. We'd love to continue the conversation with you and support you on your life's journey. Just join us in our community. Search Facebook for The Inspired Women Community and request to join. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey guys, today I am here with my friend Christina. Christina Kimbrough is a freelance content marketing professional and blogger for small businesses and nonprofits. She's pretty awesome from what I hear because I know a few people that she does stuff for. Every organization has a unique brand and story to share. She helps her clients create stories that engage, inform, and inspire their individual audiences. Christina is also a mental health advocate working for working to change the conversation related to mental health and stigma. When she's not working, you can either find her shopping or running. And Christina and I met at uh, Milspo Projects conference last year. At the time, it was called Embark. It's now called MilspoCon. They have rebranded and changed the name. But we met then, and she's local to me, and we've hung out quite a few times. And we found common ground in our mental health struggles because, as I am not, never shy to say about my depression and how I struggle with that, um, so Christine and I have connected on that, and she's recently, well, recently in like the last six months, started a community for people that um, talks about mental health. So, Christina, tell us about when you first realized that there was not something that. Um, I don't want to say not right, but not normal. Like this is, this is like, you know, I always say like, this isn't normal. Most people don't feel like this, but in all reality, a lot of people feel like this because one in five people, um, at least statistics say, I'd say it's probably more than that. One in five people experience mental illness every single year. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what it happened about two years ago, um, my now, well, is it my boyfriend? the time now husband was deployed. Um, I lost a job and I had just been pushing myself, pushing myself. Like I'm very type A, like I have to do the work and I have to do all these things. And I feel like a lot of women are like that. And I didn't learn to say no. Um, and to be honest, you know, I'm not afraid to say it like you, I ended up in a mental, um, in a behavioral health hospital, um, because I had uh, suicidal ideation. Um, I wasn't actively suicidal or anything, but I was like just having dark thoughts. And I was like, you know, I just knew that I needed to reach out for help. And just like you said, this isn't, I'm mad. This is pervasive. And also, um, I had anxiety. Like I had a panic attack, didn't know it was a panic attack. And I felt like I was dying. You know, I thought I was dying. Um, and I don't know if anyone's had a panic attack, but you know, so I went to the hospital, not knowing it was a panic attack. And they, you know, they admitted me and they're like, you're fine physically. They're like, you're dealing with a panic attack. And I was like, what is that? Um, And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go to the hospital. I need access to a psychiatrist. I had never been in medicine. Um, And it was life changing. It was scary. Um, I was with other people that dealt with stuff. But it was then I realized, like, I need professional help. And that's okay. And that is okay. And I want people to know that uh, because a lot of the times the reason that people don't reach out is they think, you know, this makes me crazy or this isn't okay. I can get through this on my own. But we have learned that and, and professionals will tell you that if you are struggling with mental health issues in any way, shape or form, that will never go away until you right. appropriately deal with it. 
Um, right. And so you talked about suicidal ideation, and we're tattoo sisters. So you want to talk tell yes. us a little bit about your tattoo? Because I have a matching one. <laughs> no, okay. So it's a semicolon. It might be backwards on this, but oh, um, they can't see it's a podcast. Sorry. Nope. Nobody's gonna see it. <laughs> so it's semicolon tattoo. So first of all, I'm a writer, just like you know you said, and so words and mean a lot and grammar, and so basically semicolon means you know a period at the end of a sentence means you just end the sentence, um, which can be parallel to, you know, you decide to end your life. Now, a semicolon means you decided to keep going. You decided to continue on in the fight for your life, right? Um, and it meant so much to me, and I got it. I have looked at it when I've been in my darkest places, and I've been like, I'm choosing to move on, even if I don't feel like I should or want to. So, um, yeah, it's a daily reminder that I'm here um, and I'm, you know, pushing on. It's also a great conversation starter to kind of just talk about mental health and my journey. Yeah, and I got mine for the very same reason because it's my little daily reminder when I'm struggling, if I'm struggling at all, that it's there to remind me that like, hey, at one point in time, you almost died, just yes. to be honest. Uh, and now you're still here. And so it's a reminder, but it's also a conversation starter because a lot of people don't know, especially if, um, they aren't part of, you know, the mental health community and even people who are, they, they really don't know. And it's a wonderful conversation starter and a wonderful way to be able to open up about, Hey, this is something I struggle with. And you, you'd be surprised and you wouldn't be surprised but the people listening would be surprised as when you start telling people that, I mean, not in a way where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so depressed today. This is awful. But when you have like real conversations with this is something I really struggle with, you'll find quite a few people have similar struggles. Have you felt this or found that oh. out also? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So um, I, when I was in the hospital, I got out and I was like, shame was just riding over me because I thought it was character flow. I didn't know what was going on, but I would start sharing with close friends and family. Um, and that was one response. People would be like, oh my gosh, I have symptoms like this. Thank you for sharing. What do I do? And I would, I would say, I'm not a counselor, but I think I can't diagnose you, but I, I can tell you my experience. And I can tell you that I medicine and I'm in counseling and it's going to get better. Um, and so, yeah, I, thought, I, can't, I don't know numbers, but I got so, or people would be like, I have a family member that's going through this and it's so hard. Um, and so that's when I began my journey with stigma because I started realizing that you know, people would open up to me, but the other part, there was another response of people were terrified. They were scared of me. Like, oh, I think you said this. Like, I'm like, it's not going to rub off on you. You're not going to catch it. <laughs> no, exactly. It's not a cold. Um, and so I, I didn't lose friends, but I think people didn't know how to respond, which I understand because I didn't really know what was going on, right? So, um, yeah, so I just really kept trying to share my story in appropriate places. Um, yes, and I did find, and so the, I did find friends that could support me. And those were the ones that I really latched onto. And I give grace to the people that don't understand because I didn't understand. Trust me. I mean, I've always had anxiety, but I just lived with it. And I kept dealing with it until it got to the point where I couldn't. You know, I just broke down. And I think so many, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like a lot of people do that. We just push, 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 and we get to the place where we're like, I can't do this anymore. I need help. And it's so hard to be vulnerable. 
and ask help. It is so hard. It's still hard. You know, I don't think it gets easier, but um, I'm doing it because I know how important it is. I'm the same way uh, when I, it's really hard when I'm struggling with depression to ask for help. And I do know some people just can't handle it. And all I ask, and I'm sure you're the same way is of people is like, if you can't just let me know, I won't contact you when I'm depressed because I know you can't handle it. Um, but I also know those people that, you know, can handle it. And I say, this is what I need from you. This is how you can help me. And I've had people take a visible step back from me when I've said I struggle with depression. Yeah. As if, like, literally, I, you're going to catch it when you're near me. You can't catch it. It is not that. Like, yes, I was diagnosed right. with clinical, clinical depression. And I know you were diagnosed as well. But I want people to know is it doesn't – you won't always be a lifelong battle. Like, you and I, we're, we're, diagnosed, we're diagnosable. Like, we're clinical. We're right. going to deal with this for the rest of our lives. But not everybody will. Some people will deal with it because they were triggered by – you know, a death in the family or some kind of adversity or, you know, maybe a trauma or an experience that will trigger this. And it might only be temporary. It might only be for like a year or a couple of months, but still seeking out help because it's not going to go away unless you're proactive in getting that help and in seeking out counseling. There's nothing wrong with it. Last week or no, not last week, the week before when I was went into like one of the hardest depression periods I've been in like five years. Um, four years, four years. Uh, I had five people reach out to me because I posted on Facebook about it. Like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Like, what can I do? And I said, get help, get counseling. Right. Count and, and, and if the first counselor doesn't work for you, find another one that will, because there is somebody out there that can help yeah. you. And, and that doesn't mean that they're going to give you drugs. Because actually, the only, uh, not all counselors can give you drugs because it's actually psychiatrists that can give you drugs. Um, so if you go see just a counselor, they can refer you out to somebody who could give you medication, but they can't, but they can help you work through those things. So let's talk about, since I've mentioned medication, let's talk about medication. Like, tell us a little bit, because I know that you actually take some medication for what you, yeah. the mental illness that you deal with. So tell us a little bit about that, that decision-making process, how that came about. Um, so people know it, it is okay. It is okay. Um, and so I, it is, it is, so you said, it's just like, I always say it's like dating. You have to find the right psychiatrist and the right counselor. And it gave me the right diagnosis. I have panic disorder and bipolar too. Um, so I'm on a mood stabilizer and that's been life-changing. And it took, for me, it took two years. It really did. Um, and all I can say is it's okay to take medication. At first I was like, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm broken or it's a character flaw. I'm weak. Um, and that's just not true. And now that I'm on medication, it's empowering because it helps. There's two, there's two things, counseling, uh, and then my medication together helped me be my boss. Self, right or go back to my normal and you know the other thing is I think people are afraid of medication because they they I don't you know because they think oh there's something wrong or it's gonna screw me up you know it's just not true and also some people don't have to be on it the rest of their lives you know and some people don't have to be on it at all but I think the important thing is to talk about it and to just be open to that suggestion you don't have to um and it took me a while to get to that place to be, realize that this could be something that it helps me for some reason, we think it's something we did wrong or something we don't, you know, that won't help us. 
I agree. I, we have no issue with uh, giving medication, like taking medication for anything else. Like right. you get sick, you'll take medication. You have an infection, you'll take medication. You have diabetes, you'll take medication. But then people like have this issue where they, I'm not going to take medication for mental illness. That makes no sense. There's nothing wrong with me. But if you're not able to function as a normal human being, there is something that needs to happen. You know, there is something that has to happen because we are all meant to function at a normal level, like day in and day out, if take care of ourselves. So for some of us, that does mean medication. For some of us, that it does mean we need to see a counselor regularly. Um, But that doesn't mean it's going to be forever, right? I've even talked to, um, my daughter was diagnosed, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with clinical depression. And they mentioned medication. And I said, well, let's see how she does without the medication first. But if, you know, she gets to that point, absolutely. Like, I want her to be able to function as a normal human being without having to struggle day in and day out. Uh, and people don't realize, like, the, even her, her counselor or her psychiatrist um, said, listen, she doesn't have to be on it forever. Like, if you decide to go this route, like, this could be something that she's on for a couple years. And then because she's a teenager and her hormones will fluctuate and her body chemistry will change as every human being does, she might get off of it in a couple years. You know, whatever that might be. And that's the same for us is like, our body, body chemistry is changing all the time and, and things are changing. And you might just need, I know people that I've needed to just get through this period of time so that they yeah. are able to yes. at a normal level. Um, and some people will be yeah. on it for their entire lifetime. And either way, it's okay because we're meant to function at a normal level. However, that does not mean please don't self-diagnose yourself and decide that you're going to buy some pills, some random drug yeah. dealer, because that's going to help you feel better. No. Please seek a professional to get, to get help. Um, yes, we do not want the drug dealers passing out like happy pills to us. That's probably not going to work. And plus by seeking a psychiatrist and please don't have your, we had a conversation about this, Christina, please don't have your general practitioner give you these medications. They are not, they are not trained to know about that sort of thing. Seek out a professional, a psychiatrist who actually knows about brain chemistry and what will work best for you. Because I will tell you, when I was put on depression medication in college, guess what happened? It made me worse, not better. Because my general doctor was the one that prescribed it. She had no idea what the hell she was doing. Like, she's like, oh, here, this is depression medication. It should make you better. Not knowing that my specific body chemistry and how I specifically was dealing with depression, that medication would not help me. Um, so please, yes. oh, please, everybody, I beg, please go seek a psychiatrist about this, not your general practitioner, because they are not trained with mental health. They're trained in the body, like not the mind, two different parts of your body. Um, so anyways, Christina, back to you. What inspired you to, so you have a group, it's called Christina's Corner, and I will link that up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. What inspired you to start Christina's Corner? Yeah. So it kind of really started with, like you were saying, I was realizing I'm not alone. In fact, there's more people out here in my little community on Facebook or friends, you know, from my past and, you know, people I keep meeting in my adult life who are like, I am going through this. And I just wanted a place. And I said this in like the 
interview I have, a place where people can talk. And I don't, I always say I don't give clinical advice or any of that, but we just need to share, you know, and I would share, you know, little things I'm going through and I would have people share what they're going through. And for me, it is so great to have people say, I'm there with you. I'm struggling, but we're, and it's just more of a, and it's, it's so positive. I don't want to say people are posting depressing things. It's just more of like in the suck. I say that I'm like, embrace the suck. That's something that I get, but it's okay because you're going to be okay. So having people just telling me their stories and knowing I'm not alone has been for me life-changing. And I know people say that in this, the group or people will message me. Um, and I just share my story because sometimes, so I call it a journey. Sometimes people are at the beginning of their journey, trying to figure out their diagnosis and some people are in the middle or some people are at the end, you know, and just coming out of it. So I just share where I'm at and people relate to that, you know, um, and there's days where I have a hard time, and it, but I can share. It's a safe place where I can share. Um, and it's private. It's small, you know, so that way it's because I kept feeling like I don't want to post statuses because um, people don't understand. Right. Um, so I, I wanted to put a place where people that had been through this could could come and just share and find support and community. I love that because I feel like we could break the stigma. We could like demolish it if people just talked more openly about it. And I don't mean like a sob story, like, oh my God, my life sucks. Everything sucks. Everything is awful. I'm in this depression. I do, you know, I tell there's a, I, I've told you this before too, because we've worked, um, we've worked together is there's a way to tell your story without sucking people's soul out, you know, where you tell it, but you don't tell it while you're in it. Or if you are in it, you don't tell the whole thing. Um, you know, like this is what I'm learning right now. Like I did make a, um, a video about my depression when I was depressed, but it was more of like, the, this is what I'm learning versus saying like, my life is, is awful. Like I feel nothing right now. Like, you know, there is this fine line where you don't want to be like, you don't want to, you want to be honest and you want to be real, but you also don't want to be like, you see those status on Facebook where people are just like, everything sucks. I feel nothing. Life sucks. This is a dark hole. Like I can't make it out of it. Yeah. And, and that right there is the soul sucking. But if you can show share like in a way of this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm learning. Um, this is what I've learned from this. You're not alone. That's sort of like uplifting, even though you're, you're feeling it and you're in it, that will help people. And I actually had a girl, I was at the Virginian, Virginia Women's Conference this past Saturday, and I had a girl that's in my community uh, come up to me and she said, I am so thankful that even when you are in it and you're sharing with us that you are going through something, she's like, you are still uplifting and inspiring to others, that you are still trying to show that there is a light at the end of the yeah. tunnel or that there is a way to help other people. And I feel like your community is the same way. You do share what you're going through, yeah. but you're not sitting there like a big sad story about like, woe is me, my life sucks. You know, yeah. that you have found that line of like sharing, but not like oversharing. But in order to break the stigma, we have to share. If all exactly. five women that had reached out to me when I shared my depression had shared their struggles on social media. Guess what? They would have inspired five more women each. Yes. That's yes. now 25. Now we've yes. now like 
go on, so on and so forth. But when it stops with just me and people or just you and people are just messaging us and like saying, Oh, you're so brave. You're so inspirational. And it stops there. We are continuing to cycle that stigma. When people tiptoe around depression and anxiety and, and bipolar and all of that, and, and they tiptoe around it, like they gloss over it, like, oh, depression. Oh, sometimes you'll experience sadness. No, depression is not sadness. It is emptiness. Right. Your heart out. Yeah. Like, this is like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get out of my bed. I, I hate life. Like, I hate everybody. Like, <laughs> I just, showering. yeah, I'm not showering. I'm like, <laughs> literally doing everything I can just to feed my kids at that point in time. Like, you know what I mean? It takes everything, every little ounce of energy for you just to do the basic human everyday things, like get out of bed and shower. Like anything beyond that is just asking way too much of us at that point in time. (laughs) Like, But you know, people tiptoe around it and they gloss over it. And I know that you have the same frustrations that I do with that. So where have you seen sometimes where people have like glossed over this or tiptoed around? What sort of things do they say or have you heard? Yeah, I've had a huge experience with that where people wouldn't know what to say. Or so I've gotten two responses, like I said, Um, people wouldn't know what to do. So they wouldn't say anything um, and just kind of avoided me during those hard periods. And the other thing people would do, this one's more than not, they try to fix me right yes they're like well did you you know sorry but that gets me so angry because i'm like well there's just a chemical imbalance in my brain i did nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with me right um because you wouldn't say that someone broke their leg right you wouldn't say oh you're terrible or oh my god you're so irresponsible or what did you do it happens right So learning, so sometimes it depends, if I'm in a really hard place, I can't, like you were saying, I can't even respond gracefully and say, well, this is where I'm at. Like, don't try to fix me. And then sometimes, but this is a process. I've learned to say, look, I don't need you to fix me. I think you said it with your husband. Just hold me. Give me a hug. Just give me empathy. Don't try to fix it. Or I've gotten this, you know, I should, I should say people would be like, Oh, I know what you're going through. I get so nervous or I am so sad. I'm like sad and depression is not the same thing. Nervous and anxiety and panic attacks. I'm not trying to dismiss what you're going through, but you don't understand. (laughs) I try to say it more gracefully than that, but So, yeah, I mean, it's been a journey, and it's hard to know what to say when, and I don't try to correct people, but I gracefully try to say, look, when someone's dealing with someone, it does, it's not effective to try and fix me. Um, Something that helps when I'm not feeling good, what's the next right thing? Can you shower? Can you take a walk? Do you want to talk? You know, and my husband's amazing at that. And I have, but this has taken time. You know, I have three friends who I'm like, okay, I can just text and say, hey, I don't feel good. Can you just keep up with me? Can you check in every couple days? And they do. And they're not trying to say, what did you do wrong? They'll be like, hey, what can I do? And I'll say, well, sometimes I just need to talk to you. I just need to text you and know that you care and that that you're there for me. That's been life-changing because vulnerability is so hard. Um, And sometimes we shut down when people do that. And I found myself doing that. Yeah. And I want to, I want to preface for people that are listening is, 
if you don't feel okay and you know it's not like I have my blood sugar is low or whatever but if you're dealing with not just thoughts of sadness but thoughts of emptiness or things are causing you to feel when I'm not nervous like anxious like it spirals out of control because recently apparently um in later in life now I have depression and anxiety it's such a fun thing like (laughs) My counselor was like, you know, you're dealing with anxiety right now. I'm like, no, I'm depressed. Yesterday I felt nothing. Like I was completely empty. And she's like, um, yeah, but today talking to me, you're dealing with anxiety. And I'm like, what? And it's just like the spiraling out of control. When you feel out of control in your life, like out of control with your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings, that is something that you need to seek help with and seek professional help. Or even if you don't think I'm struggling with the mental illness, even if you are going through a hard time, there's nothing wrong with seeking counseling. See, I didn't know when I first left my abusive relationship um, that I was dealing with PTSD symptoms. And I had no idea until I sought counseling years later and I would tell her how I felt and she would say, you do realize you have PTSD. Like every time you see your ex, that is why you, your body and your feet, your emotions and your mind react the way you do, you know, where I would, I would have panic attacks and I would get shortness of breath and my yeah. heart would just pound and pound and pound. And then my mind would spiral out of control. And I would think, Oh my God, what if he yells at me? Oh my God, what if he hits me? And I'm like thinking like, he's not going to yell at me and hit me in front of my kid. Like that's not going to happen. That's not reality, but that's what was going on in my head, you know? And I would, you know, if he, if he, we were around each other and he just raised his voice, just an octave, my whole body would tense up and I would like, just feel like, ah, like I couldn't get rid of it. And now I, if I had only sought out help earlier, I might have been able to work through that. Like I do now I can see him. I don't experience any of those symptoms. Um, but if you're, if somebody is right. listening and they're not feeling okay every day, like not even just okay, if you're not feeling good every day, like if you are struggling and you don't know what's going on, you don't know why you feel this way. And, and the feelings are like, you're like, I don't understand. My life is great. Everything is going good. Or maybe it's shit. Maybe it's complete shit. Everything's going wrong and you're just barely holding on. Get some help. Like go right. see somebody. There's no shame in that at all. And I agree with you. A lot of people say, I know exactly what you're feeling. I don't even know what you're feeling when you're depressed because everybody reacts to depression differently. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that was the first step for me is so I've always had anxiety, but I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then eventually I got a panic attack and I didn't know it was a panic attack. Right. And then I would go into depression. That's kind of what bipolar two is. I would, you know, I'd be anxiety and then I'd just drop and I would think, I'm fine. And the other thing that you pointed out is sometimes your life is okay, you know, or, and that's, and then you're like, well, why am I feeling this way? Again, my psychiatrist is like, well, it's just a chemical imbalance. Like you didn't do anything wrong and it's, you know, it's okay for you to be this way. You didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes I would think that it was a character flaw, you know, that I, you know, that I was, I should snap out of it and I couldn't snap out of it. You know, um, whereas people can be sad for, you know, a couple of days, but I would be depressed and can't snap out of it. Or I would be triggered by an, a small innocuous thing to figure that out. I mean, this is not, I, I want to preface that I'm not like overnight I figured it out and I'm still on my journey of figuring it out. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm still on my journey of figuring it out as well, where I, I mean, 
I have literally de- dealt with depression my entire life, as far back as I yeah. can remember. Even as a child, like I remember being depressed and like just wanting to be myself. Nobody touched me. Nobody talked to me. Like I just would curl up with a book. Books were my like, books were my my release. They were my escape as a child from anything that was going on. That's where I would escape to, and that, that even when I was feeling empty inside, I could go to a book and I could read a book and I could just be by myself. Um, cause at the time as a child, I didn't know. And I also didn't know depression runs in my family. So it's, it's actually something I inherited. Uh, it, it is a chemical imbalance in my brain and it's something that I will deal with my entire life. However, like you said, there are certain things that trigger me. There are things that I know trigger me. Like those yeah. are my triggers, like normal triggers, but then there are random shit that will happen. Then I'll be like, why, why, why did this one little thing trigger a, depre- a depressive episode in here? I don't understand, but I have learned and, uh, that there are certain things that help me, that help me not struggle as much in my uh, journey with mental illness. And I'm sure the same has happened with you, Christina. So do you want to share with the audience a few things that have helped you that you can do like on a daily or a weekly or a regular basis that help you? when you're going through this? Yes. So the first one that was so empowering, and I just learned this really a couple months ago, was this thing called cognitive distortion, right? So it's things that we tell ourselves and we, it's been programmed, whether it was in your past or even in your, any, and everyone deals with it. Distortion is black or white thinking, right? So something happens, right? Or I, I mess something up and I'm a failure. I'm terrible. Nothing's ever going to get better, right? And those thoughts are triggering for me, right? And so I learned, I'm learning to catch them much earlier, you know, and I, so I meditate and at first, oh my God, I, I had, if I told, had one counselor tell me again to breathe and meditate, I was like, hell no, I'm not doing this. Like, no, it's not going to work. Right. So I finally got to the place where I was like, nothing's working, you know, besides the medicine I need to figure out how to deal with these thoughts because so many times we tell ourselves these, these lies and they're, they're not real, but I would, I would believe these lies about myself, right? That my brain was telling me and I would give them power and I'm not perfect at it. I'm still learning, but now I, I, I see a thought or I hear a thought in my brain and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to give you power. You do not have power over me, right? You're there. I don't have to listen to you because you are not truth. Because some, when I'm feeling this way or this thought, it's not truth. And so it's easy. Like my counselor would be like, well, first of all, notice it, right? Notice the feeling. Path. I see you. I hear you. This sucks. But I don't have to believe you because it's not truth. And so it's taken me a while and I still do this, right? On a daily basis sometimes is, and that's actually helped me prevent um, sometimes an episode, right? Then sometimes it's, it is the chemical thing, but, but I can lessen the depression, right? I can lessen it to the point where I can get up and I can do something else. And the anxiety, that's been a big one for me is I get these triggers before I get a panic attack. I had 20 thoughts, like you said, racing, the racing, racing, racing. And then it gets to the point where I can't function. So I don't, I don't try and stop them or suppress it. If we try to suppress it, it's going to come out. We said that it manifests itself. Yeah. <laughs> so stopping emotions, right? Mine has been like, if I don't acknowledge emotion, I've drank, I've shopped, 
um, you know, just any way to deal with these emotions. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And they're like, why am I acting this way? A lot of times it's the thought and then they create the emotion. So for me, it's really been identifying those thoughts and not giving them power. Yeah. And uh, when we, we drink and we shop and, and we eat and we do all these things to numb it because we're yes. scared to feel our feelings. Yes. We're scared of what is going to happen if I actually feel this, this yes. grief or the sadness or this depression or, you know, even happiness or joy or excitement. Like it's positive and negative emotion yes. that we suppress because we are yes. so scared to feel them. But the problem yeah. is, is when we suppress them, and I've told you this before, is we create baggage. We, yeah. and I always say this, like I always tell my clients this, think of it as if you have a closet in your brain. And every time you suppress something, you put baggage in that closet. Well, someday the closet's going to not have any more room. And something's yeah. going to trigger it all to fall right out. You, yeah. might just be, you might just be in the middle of, the, of having dinner with your girlfriends. And you're all laughing and whatever. And somebody says something yep. and it's seemingly innocuous. Like it has like nothing to do with anything. And all that shit just comes pouring out. Yes. You know, all of it, just yes. all of it does. Um, so we do that. And I've also found and right. in, in, you know, yep. is taking care of yourself, you know, and practicing, you know, practicing self-care. I know it's become a buzzword, but when we take care of our physical body, it helps our mental health. Like when, cause stressors and triggers, right? When we put stressors on ourselves in our bodies and our, our minds, then it makes mental illness worse. Uh, but when yeah. we take care of ourselves, when we uh, allow ourselves the opportunity to feel good, the rest of the, us, it helps us minimize that. And I always say you should minimize your triggers, right? I'm, I'm no way, shape or form a professional, but you should minimize your triggers. Like, you know, eventually, you know, if you're, cognizant and you are aware and you keep track and you pay attention to like, what are the things that normally trigger me? Like, what are the things that normally make me feel this way? And you're cognizant of that. Then when that, those things are coming around, you can minimize them. You could say, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. You know, right. or no, you know, something huge happens like in the world, yeah. like Las Vegas, for example, yeah. that happens. Yeah. I have to avoid social media because that will like just make me worse. Like that doesn't right. make me better having those things around me. Or if I'm around really negative people, like if I am allowing myself to be surrounded yes. by people that suck my soul, then I have to release that. I have to be away from them because otherwise I'm going to get depressed because yeah. they're now like taken away from me. And yes. it's just knowing those triggers and what those things are. So what are some of the triggers that you have noticed in yourself that trigger, you know, depression or anxiety or, you know, any of that? Right. Right. So a lot of them would be, one is um, work and making a mistake. I'm terrified of making a mistake, right? And it happens. I'm human, right? I don't allow myself to be human and make mistakes. So I found that that makes my anxiety ratchet through the roof and I, and then I keep going, you're terrible. And I keep telling myself, I listen to those lies in my head, right? Um, I give them power. And then the anxiety comes. And then I have the panic attack. And then the depression comes. Because I'm like, I can't do this. I'm always going to make a mistake. It's never going to get better, right? Another one, like you said, is people. So, so um, I'm an empath and I'm learning all of these things. Um, and so we talked about that. I attract things or people that I, I can't remember what you said, but they suck. 
energy and dump on you. And we're good friends, and so we can talk about those struggles. But you're not trying to ask me to fix you. You're not asking me for a solution. You're just sharing and we listen to each other, right? So there's a big difference. That girl, I had just learned that. <laughs> it's like, that is never, that's, that's a new, new thing to me. And the third one would be saying, no, no, we worked through that when we worked together. That's so hard for me. So guilt is another one saying no. And then I do say no and I feel guilty and guilt and shame are horrible. I mean, they, for me, those are triggers to depression, right? Because I'm like, I should be able to work and volunteer and be there for my friends and be there for my husband. And, you know, that triggers me. And I'm like, I should be able to take care of myself. And then I realize, no, it's okay. It's okay to have three things, right? So I've started putting my priorities, right? Is my husband, right? Because that's, I, of course, I care about him. My, my friends and work. Those are my priorities, right? And if that's all I can do, and if that's not, I shouldn't even say that. It's And it's okay. And I still go through that. Don't, I mean, I'm not trying to say like, I figured it out. I'm always, you know, it's juggling. It's, I'm trying to juggle different things. Um, and so a trigger would be doing too much. And honest to God, that's what ended up me up in the hospital, right? Because I didn't know. I was said, Yes to a full-time, very difficult job. Yes to my friend. And that's been a big thing to fixing the triggers or understanding them is listening to myself. And I remember thinking, how come I don't know what my triggers are? How hard is it to sit with yourself and figure out what's going on? I'm still doing that. And meditations help me do that, right? I learned to quiet that voice and listen. So, so as women, I've learned that we go to other people, right? We say, what should I do? Where am I? What's wrong with me? But we don't go to ourselves, right? Because you know the answer a lot of times. We don't quiet ourselves and give ourselves the power to say, I know how to help myself, right? And so it's taken a while to listen to that voice. Yeah, and, and you do. You know, we all know what's best for us. We really do. Yeah. We, if we yeah. give ourselves time to sit down and listen to what is best for me, how does this make me feel? If, when I say being aware and cognizant, is like when you're in situations – and you ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? You know, what is making me feel this way? What is making me feel anxious? What is, what, it, what right now is bringing me down? Why am I feeling this way? And when you start noticing those patterns of those things that are, are bringing you down or making you feel certain ways, then you can start to say, huh, well, this might actually be it. So like, so I'll, I'll example, I, um, I recently discovered I'm an extroverted introvert. It makes total sense when I look back at my life at the fact that I was always shy and couldn't really talk to people when I was younger. It was like, a, you know, I'm like, I've always been an introvert, just recently became extroverted, still an introvert, still need time, time for myself. Well, when I get around new people, I get very nervous and have a hard time with it. Right. And even if I'm around people, I do know, but I know that they're like, not my people. They're people. I feel like I need to pretend to be something I'm not around. It makes me very nervous. Yeah. But one of my, one of my ways to make myself feel better used to be, and still I struggle not to do this is to drink because then I have my like, uh, uh liquid courage. And then I feel comfortable, you know, but the problem is, is there's like, if I know that's a trigger, like that triggers me, I start drinking. I won't stop drinking. Like there's no stop to it. There's no stop until Megan passes out. That's what's going to happen. And I know that is a trigger for me when I'm around people and I feel uncomfortable that triggers me. And 
going to alcohol is a bad, bad idea because it just makes me work. And then that next day I wake up depressed because alcohol is depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. And if I'm already triggered into being depressed by being around people, I'm uncomfortable. Like that's a trigger for me. Like I could stop that depressive episode if I just stop there and don't add alcohol. But if I add alcohol, alcohol is a depressant. Now I'm going to be depressed the next day. It's a guarantee. Like it's going to happen. Um, because I've already been triggered. The alcohol depresses me more and I go into a depressive episode. So that's something that like I have to be aware of and that I've paid attention to. So it's not going to be overnight. And like you said, this is a journey. Like it's not perfect. And, and sometimes you're still going to do stuff, but when you have those tools, like we've talked about, like, you know, seeing a counselor, um, seeking out medication, if it's for you, taking care of yourself, you know, knowing what you need from other people. If we know all of those things then we can utilize those tools when we actually go there. Because, I mean, in all reality, we're trying to avoid going there because we really don't want to feel that way. But if we go there, then, you know, something triggers us. We're not able to stop it. Uh, Then we now have tools. We now have tools that we can utilize, including Christina's Corner. Like, go in there, join, and um, be with Christina and hear all about it. So we are running out of time. So what I'm going to do is, Christina, if there's something that you could leave my audience with, leave the inspired women community with about mental illness, about anything mental illness related, what would you want them to know? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, um, the biggest thing for me is stigma. I mean, I'll always say that over and over again, um, because people are afraid of it. Right. And we're afraid of ourselves. Sometimes I've been afraid of myself. Um, and so I guess, that the biggest thing would be it's okay to not be okay right and it's okay to reach out for help because it's so scary um and sometimes i i guess i would just say it's just sit with the emotion sit with the pain because it will get better you know and it doesn't even if it doesn't feel like it right and i would the second would be don't give power to those negative thoughts learn to sit with yourself and learn what you need that's so hard because, right, like I can identify other people's needs and help them, um, but knowing what I need is so hard, right? I have to sit with myself and sit in that pain. And then when I quiet myself, quiet myself, pull myself away from other things, social media, my phone, then my body, just like when you're thirsty, right? You know your body, tells you. your mind will tell you. I need help or I need to stop doing this because I push myself to do things that I don't want to do or don't bring me good energy. And so I've learned to learn, first of all, identify it and then say no or reach out for help. So those would really be the biggest things that I've done. And like I said, also, uh, don't judge yourself. Be kind. I love it. Yes, absolutely. And I want to encourage anybody, you know, suicide is not a place that we want to be. It's a very dark and it's a scary place. And a lot of times people say, um, this just popped in my head, just thinking about both you and I both have the same tattoo before the same, very same reason is people say suicide is selfish. They say that people are trying to be selfish and I've, I have to, and I've talked to you about this and you know, we've are on the same page is when people commit suicide or they're thinking about committing suicide, it is not because they're trying to be selfish. It is because they honestly think the world will be better off without them. 
that if they were just removed from the world, they wouldn't be a burden on their family. They wouldn't be a burden on society. They wouldn't be a burden on other people. And that nobody'd have to deal with their pain anymore, right? Nobody would have to deal with this pain that this, you know, this person's dealing with. They wouldn't have to, you know, experience the lows and the highs and the in-betweens. And because we feel like we are a burden on those around us when we are dealing with these sort of things. And I want to encourage anybody listening, whether you deal with this or don't deal with this. One, if you're dealing with this, please seek counseling. Know that it is people also feel this way. You're not alone. It's absolutely something people, we don't want you to get to that place. And if you are in that place, please, please, please get help. Seek it immediately. For those that have not dealt with this and you are, you are around somebody that has experienced mental illness, how you can help prevent somebody from getting to that place is to support them, is to not call them mentally unstable or crazy or not to make them feel uh, less than about their mental illness. No, it is just like anything else. Like people get diabetes, uh, people deal with uh, cardiovascular issues while we deal with issues in our brain. Like that's what it is. And people that say those things, right? We're like, you're something is wrong with you and you, if something's wrong with you you're going through something but it's not a character flaw you didn't do anything wrong if you're thinking about that and i think we feel guilty and scared to say those things right because we're like people are gonna think i'm crazy but it's not true I'm not crazy and it's happened to many different people and it's okay it's okay to have those thoughts right what's not okay is to not seek help yes it's all about utilizing the tools that are out there Mental right. illness is not an excuse to be an asshole. It is yes. not. I'm going to put that out yes, there. Of course. There are tools out there to help right. you. And just like, there's, yeah, just like there's tools out there to help anybody. And so please support right. those around you. Uh, do not keep, you know, cycling the stigma, uh, using words like mentally unstable or crazy to describe somebody with mental illness, because that is, that's just not helping. That's not helping this at all. And really just start having conversations, open conversations about this. The more we share, the more that people are going to feel comfortable seeking help and the less we're going to see people taking their lives because they feel like this. Yes, so, I agree. Yes. And Shame and silence are the biggest killers in my point, right? Opinion, not killers. But they, they shame makes you not say anything, right? So mm-hmm. shame makes you I know that was in my, because you're shamed of everything you're going through. Yep. And there's nothing to be ashamed for, but you feel that. And I get that. Um, so once we keep talking and saying, hey, I've been there, someone else can say, oh, you have? I'm not alone. And it's mm-hmm. not a character flaw. I'm okay. And you don't need to fix us. We're not broken, damn it. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christina, thank you so much. Okay, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation that I continue to have more of. Uh, We actually have more. uh, We have another person lined up for the beginning of next year's podcast who is a psychologist that's going to come on and talk about this um, because this is this is one of the many things out there that really needs to be talked about more of so people don't feel like they're alone. Yes. Well, thank you. You're incredible. I mean, I I can speak to the, just if I had to say real quick, the inspired women uh, Facebook group, it's the same thing. We're just in this 
we're in this journey supporting each other. And it's, I've never, it's just such an incredible community of supportive women. So you should join that too. Yeah. Thank you for the shout out. Yes. Please join the Inspired Women podcast on Facebook. Just search the Inspired Women community. Request to join. Make sure you answer the question that I ask when you request to join because otherwise I'm not going to let you join. We have a lot of spammers that come along, you know, and I'm trying to cut that down. So thank you again, Christina, for coming on. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.